Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. I'm Rhett Lewis, and this is NFL Inside Report. Special edition this week as we get set for Super Bowl 56, live from the iHeartRadio podcast stage on Radio Row right here in Los Angeles. Welcome, everybody. And joining us here for this episode, one of our favorite guests, uh, as always, our pal here, Tom Pelissero, who not only today is wearing a hat, but in general wears many hats. Uh, Just got off the Senior Bowl stage down in Mobile as the sideline reporter did a fantastic job. We'll get to that here in just a second, uh, Tom. But uh, there has been some news, as there always is, during Super Bowl week, and it's starting with another one of the head coaching vacancies getting filled here as you and Ian Rappaport have been talking about with Lovey Smith kind of emerging as the, the head coach now for the Houston Texans. How did the, the Texans settling on Lovey Smith kind of start gaining more traction here in the last few days? Well, this has been unique, Rex. This is the second year in a row that the same team has made the surprise hire. Last right. year it was David Culley, who was the last coach hired, lasted one season. The aim for the Texans as they began their search was to find somebody who's probably younger, able to grow with a program that's going to take time, a young quarterback in Davis Mills, who they like a lot. They certainly explored a lot of different avenues, <laughs> including Josh McCown, uh, Josh er, Jonathan Gannon, yeah. Kevin O'Connell. And it's not entirely clear at this point exactly how they landed on Lovey Smith, who was in the building. He was the defensive coordinator. He certainly does not fit the young coach label. No. He's 63 years old. He's been a head coach in the NFL for 11 years, plus five years in college. But certainly somebody who was highly thought of within the organization, somebody that they wanted to keep around on a new staff. And so this is where they're headed. How long that lasts, it's probably not a long-term type of a solution. Right. So you're going to have many of the same questions with this hire that you did a year ago with David Cully. And that's where we stand. And is there any sense at this point that this was a way 
with Lovey Smith as the head coach where they could also find room for Josh McCown and maybe not thrust him right into the the head coaching level right away with no real NFL coaching experience? Certainly possible. Yeah. And they could have done that last year. Sure. And they wanted Josh McCown to be the head coach last year. Josh McCown was not ready. Yeah. This year, Josh McCown told them he's all in. He wants to do it. But again, there's a lot of dynamics <laughs> that have been evolving yeah. uh, over the past several weeks. There was certainly some level of public pushback on the idea of somebody who's never coached above the high school level becoming an NFL head coach immediately in Josh McCown. There is certainly a possibility that they try to have Josh McCown on staff, but I would certainly fairly say he's not just going to come in as you know the quality control right? even a position coach. This is going to have to be something where there's a clear path to becoming a head coach. And I'm not saying that that's you know, right, yeah. wrong, or indifferent. There's a lot of people who put in a lot of time to be an assistant coaches and try to work their way up to being a head coach. But the Texans have long identified Josh McCown as somebody who has the traits to be a successful head coach eventually. Could Lovey Smith be a placeholder, much like David Culley appeared to be, to eventually have Josh McCown be right. a coach? That's going to show itself here in the coming weeks. But what we as of, know as of now is that the Texans today were working on a deal for Lovey Smith to become their head coach, and that's the expectation it happens. Does any of that change anything that's going on with Deshaun Watson and his future with the organization as we hopefully get more clarity on where he stands from the legal side of things here in the next few months? Never say never. Yeah. But any reunion between Deshaun Watson and the Texans would be unlikely because yeah. his problem was never with David Culley. Right. It was really never with Nick Casario. It right. was with Cal McNair, the owner. He did not want to play for him again and felt that he was misled in the process that led to Nick Casario's hiring a year ago. So, you know, is there some scenario? Again, yeah. anything's possible, but <laughs> sure. it's it's not anything that is front burner, and the expectation would continue to be that the Texans are going to target a trade prior to the start of free agency. But that comes with the caveat that there have been other benchmarks, including the start of training camp last year, sure. the trade, trade deadline. deadline, deals did not get done, and so we'll see how it plays out. In Miami, that was one of those potential destinations. We'll just use that as a segue, right? Uh, that Deshaun Watson, you know, might wanted, wanted to go to Miami. Maybe they would be interested. Whatever the case is there, they have a new head coach. It is Mike McDaniel comes over from the San Francisco 49ers and highly thought of, highly regarded as one of the brightest offensive minds in the game and now gets a chance to run a team. Um, but, but before we got to this point here, we had the departure of Brian Flores and now the lawsuit from Brian Flores. Um, how's Miami kind of handling all this internally with all, all that's going on? Well, what they've done is they've moved forward with their yeah. search. There's certain things that are going to play out on a legal front, yeah. not just ensnaring them, but other teams potentially and what direction that goes. You're talking about a class action suit. You know, there could be depositions down the line. There could yeah. be all sorts of things. What they need to do right now is find their their head football coach, and that's what they did with Mike McDaniel. It is a fascinating hire. Mike is somebody who I've gotten to know a little you bit. You wrote about him for the, the USA Today a, a while ago, right? It was five years ago. Yeah. He sent me a nice text this morning you know, talking about that story. Cause it was really? five years ago this week at the Super Bowl, and it was at the old uh, opening night where, you know, pre-COVID. When he was still had, with the Falcons, right? Everybody was yeah. with the Falcons when they were, um, you know, getting set to play the Patriots uh, in that Super Bowl. And, you know, we had a, a long conversation 
And we followed up that week and, you know, talked for an hour and a half about, you know, things that he had gone through in his life. I mean, he had a, he had a problem with alcohol. Yeah. It, it manifested itself in, you know, he was you know drinking in the office at times in Cleveland to try to jumpstart his creativity. Yeah. There are times you could smell alcohol on his breath, um, you know, walkthroughs on Saturday mornings when he was with the Falcons. And, you know, he eventually went to Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn in that, you know, that spring prior to the Super Bowl and said, like, I need to get help. And so they helped him get into a program. I think he was in for about 30 days, um, changed his life entirely. He's always been regarded as one of the smartest guys. Creative Yale the graduate, used a lot. Extremely yep. creative. You know, the run game guru. He's the guy who's always in Kyle Shanahan's ear because he can just see certain things on the field. You talk to players about him. That's very unique. That's one thing the Dolphins liked about him was he knows how to bring out the best in players. Yeah. He's innovative. He doesn't. You know, there's a lot of play copying that happens in the NFL. The 49ers actually do stuff that people have not seen. The problem with copying plays is a week later, everyone's seen that tape. Sure. So now everybody's got an answer for it. You have to come up with new ways. You know, so I think that Mike is, you know, he's had some viral moments recently here where he's just describing things in different terms. He's he's kind of a funny, Mike Jones. different guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is it about Debo? Who? What's up, man? Mike Jones, let's go. What's up? Excited to be here. Uh, equally excited for you guys to truly take in how physically imposing I am. So, Really, we haven't invested second-round draft picks into offensive linemen. We'd prefer everyone to be 400 pounds and 6'10", if, if, you, could, if you could engineer that. And he's, you know, but he's a, he's a very unique character in the NFL, but he is that smart. And so what the Dolphins are betting on here with Mike McDaniel is that you're going to be able to put infrastructure around him so that whatever he may you know, still need in terms of time in front of the room. He's been yeah. an offensive coordinator and yeah. he's been a run game coordinator, but it's different when you're a head coach. Uh, it's different when you haven't called plays. So, you know, he's going to be growing into to certain aspects of that job, but they're, they're betting on a really smart, unique guy who's going to connect with everybody in the building, which, you know, again, right or wrong, Brian Flores was not dismissed because he's not a good football coach. He is. It was the dynamics within the building that they felt were not sustainable. Mike is, you know, polar opposite yeah. uh, type of a guy. And, and again, he's overcome a lot of stuff in his life to this point um, that you would hope now that he's getting this opportunity, he's going to be able to lean on, you know, no matter how tough things have gotten, you know, he's found a way. He did the most difficult thing that I think, you know, anybody can do, which is go and say, Ask I need help. I can't fix this myself, which is kind of a trait that you want in your head coach. The sure. guys who get themselves in trouble when they go from being assistant coach to a head coach, try to do everything themselves. It's my way. They have all the answers. It's my way. Sometimes you got to go. I need support around me. And that's something that, you know, Mike is going to, it's going to be a strength for him. Is there any sense at this point, given what would appear to be, at least from the outside looking in, like an internal strife as to how the Dolphins felt about their quarterback in Tua Tungavailoa, is there any sense at this point as to whether, you know, the condition upon Mike McDaniel becoming the head coach was that he was going to be all in on Tua? Well, they were proceeding with that, certainly. The Dolphins were the Tua was going to be their their quarterback. And really, if you look at the numbers, Tua's won games. Yeah. His problem has been he's gotten hurt, which is his problem at Alabama, too. He sure. had significant injuries. This year, it was a, I think it was a finger injury finger, that thumb, he had, or yeah. thumb, yeah. Um, you know, that, that sidelined him for a good chunk ribs of the season. Too. But then yeah. he came back, the ribs as well, came back, 
and they got rolling. They won a bunch of games. He was playing some of his best football. That was definitely something that McDaniel presented in the meetings was a plan for the entire offense, but specifically yeah. for the development of Tua Tungavailoa. He's not, Mike McDaniel is not a quarterback guy. He's not been a quarterback coach. But if you look at over time, quarterbacks tend to have their best season when he and Kyle, sure. because they've been together forever, are in the building. So what you're hoping is that by having an offense that is creative, that is innovative, that has a strong running game, and that that zone type system exactly that they run, inside outside. Yep, it's it's you know a lot of play actions, a lot of bootlegs. I would expect you're going to see Tua under center more, which you've not seen as much in the past because you know you brought in Chan Gailey to run that shotgun, spread it out type of sure. system. You're going to see Tua under center more, but you're going to play to his strengths. You're not going to take him completely out of of what he knows. Tonga Bailoa steps up. He's going to tuck it away. Tua first down Miami. Excellent play by Tua. They bring pressure, drop Vanoy, and Tua recognizes again and gets out. We've seen him do this a couple times today. I'm really interested to see <laughs> everything in Miami, but specifically the offense that they designed around this quarterback. Yeah. It's got playmakers. Yes. You know, with Jalen Waddle. Tua off the fake, delivers a strike. It's Jalen Waddle. And NFL history for Jalen Waddle as he sets a new NFL. Rookie record, surpassing Anquan Bolden and company. Like, you've got guys to make plays for the quarterback. I mean, seeing the success that Mike and Kyle have had with Debo Samuel, and I know Jalen's not necessarily the same type of player. He's not maybe not as physical as, as Debo He's is. He's about half Debo's Right, right. It's still going to be fun to watch mm-hmm. the creativity there. And then I'm also just really uh, intrigued as to who they're going to draft in the sixth round that's going to rush for a 1,000 yards, kind of like Elijah Mitchell I mean, did they, they quite possibly year, will, right? will do that. Uh, and speaking of the draft, um, you essentially got here from L.A., from Mobile Alabama. Um, and I was down there, you know, for the last two days of the week, including the game on Saturday. Uh, Tom, you did a fantastic job on the sideline. Thank I think you. the um, the the eavesdropping from Dan Campbell uh, into the play caller and the whole situation there with the, on the Detroit sideline was really cool. Thank um, you. And you're obviously a big part of that. I, I'm also kind of curious, like behind the curtain, this is it's a really valuable week for you as as an insider type, right? It, for for that, you know, yeah. seeing coaches so. and GMs, but also for me, getting to know some of the players, players too. Right. Um, you know, the first thing that we did down there last Monday was a bunch of interviews that are you know off camera. We played little chunks of them. And you'll continue to see those uh, through the draft. But you know, I talked to all six quarterbacks who were at the Senior Bowl in about a three-hour span, along with you know maybe a, a half dozen other players. Sure, but just seeing their different personalities. And kind of getting a feel for them, even in that brief thing. Remember, that's kind of what it's like for NFL teams, too. You've done all the background on them. Yep. You've watched the tape. I haven't watched the tape. Right. But they know what they're yeah. looking at. But you you have a you limited get 15 amount minutes of time with them in a room. In, yep. at the combine for 15 minutes or at the senior bowl for a little bit of time. And you want to know, like, how do we feel them? I think one of the stars of the week, and not just for me, but for other people, was Malik Willis from Liberty. People didn't know him. Um, you know, obviously, he was a, a transfer Goes to Liberty. Everybody knows he's a you know a big like Phenomenal thickly built athlete. guy who yep. can run. Um, you know he's got a big arm too. It's just a matter of you know you're wondering about. It. He said it himself to me. You know it's footwork. It's can I play from the pocket? Right. And I want to get on the board and show teams that I know football. He's also and I told him this because he was the last of the six quarterbacks to go. I said you are the quietest <laughs> of all the players we've had in this room today because he's just got this very soft spoken thing to him. And then I, you know, said have you been working on your cadence? And so he did his cadence, and it was you know oh, great. perfectly yeah, loud yeah, yeah. and the whole thing. <laughs> but you know what I got off of him was 
you you can be a quiet leader and still have juice to you. Yep. And there is juice to Malik Willis. He showed it in our sideline interview during the Agreed. game, just completely unbothered by everything. Um, you know, he's him. And some teams you're gonna have to get. You know, you got to wrap your mind around that because I think that teams tend to look for the the alpha male, yeah. outgoing type of leader. He's just a little bit different, but there's a cool confidence to him that I think is gonna is is gonna impress people as long as you're comfortable with not having necessarily the typical personality at that position. Sure. And uh, I thought it was great. I was uh, talking to Move the Sticks earlier uh, with DJ, who got to sit next to him on the plane ride back from Mobile to Atlanta to connect or whatever. And so, I mean, kind of opened up. I was like, yeah, I, I'm okay with sitting. You know, I want to learn. I, you know, I want to I want to learn how to be great. You know, um, before I'm you know forced to jump in and and try to lead a franchise, maybe before I'm ready, which I thought was a really kind of self aware. He also, also told me he likes to play on planes. So DJ completely disrupted his routine, apparently, by talking his ear off. He likes to play chess on his phone oh, on no the airplanes. Way. And what he said was the reason that he does that is because you have to be a critical thinker as yeah. a quarterback. And so he said, I apply the processes that you use in chess, and I try to apply them to my entire life. So the way that he organizes his week in terms of film study is based upon the same type of a thing. Decision-making on the field, same type of a thing. So he tries to apply a chess brain to what he does at the quarterback position, which That's is, super is cool. kind of cool to see because a lot of guys come in, even yeah. quarterbacks, and they don't necessarily have a plan for how you watch film. It's yeah. totally different from what everybody's told me. I mean, you played college oh, football. Sure. I did not. Film study in the NFL oh. is a lot different than film study <laughs> yes. at the college level. Yes. And so just even to hear him like go through his process, it's not just, well, give me tape of the opponent. It's like, okay, I'm going to break down the high red zone this day, sure. and I'm going to break down the defensive coordinator's tendencies on this day. That, that, that's a huge part of it. Even if you, you don't necessarily know everything that you're looking at, right. yet, at least you have a system for trying to get the answers that you need in the game. I think that's really cool. And uh, the best part about that, DJ, big checkers guy. Not really a chess guy anyway. So probably uh, probably was a step below Malik on that on that sort of strategic thinking level. Love but, you, DJ. Tom, you were fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us here. Uh, we're going to continue the quarterback conversation, actually, when we come back. Ryan Leaf is going to join us with his thoughts on the quarterback evaluation process and much more next here on Inside Report. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. 
John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my day. Oh, All right, back here on NFL Inside Report, live from the iHeartRadio podcast stage here on Radio Row in Los Angeles as we get set for Super Bowl 56. Uh, Our pleasure now uh, to welcome in Ryan Leaf, NFL and college football analyst for the Believe Podcast Network and host of the Bust uh, Podcast. Of course, you know him as uh, Washington State and NFL quarterback and uh, Ryan, uh, glad to chat with you here a little bit. Um, you know, I, I want to start with the quarterback stories here in the Super Bowl because they're, they're, they're different and they're pretty interesting, uh, especially with Joe Burrow. So I feel like you've got a fairly unique um, experience as a, um, do we, is edgy the right word? Brash yeah. kind of edgy personality as a quarterback. Do you, do you see, you see that in, in I, Joe? I do. I, I, I there's similarities in how yeah. how we view our ability to play. Yes. The difference between the two is he's gone out and backed it up <laughs> right. completely at this level, right. right? That's the difference in this whole scenario. You know, you can kind of, and you know what? And, and his edge yeah. uh, is a lot of people fall on the side of it being pretty cool, right? No one's no Agreed. one's going like that dude's just too cocky. Right, right. You know? <laughs> right. That that was a little difference for me as well. Sure. You know, people just You're just before your time, I think. Yeah, I'm just was. thinking about before my time. And I wasn't with the Bengals. Apparently <laughs> right. apparently the Bengals is yeah, what the place to be in all go. this. No, that guy's he's a difference maker. He's uh he changes environments is what he does. I mean and and that's a very difficult thing to do, especially at a place in Cincinnati where, you know, losing had become kind of come institutional, you know, and, and I, the best thing about Joe to me, Ryan, was that like goes to Cincinnati where they've lost and understands that, okay, you guys have lost before, but I am a winner. Yeah. Come with me and we'll do that. Now, like, cause, but that's the charge of a franchise quarterback in today's NFL, right? Is to make everybody around them better and to take them on the ride with them. Yeah. That's why that position is so special. Yeah. Uh, and the guys that we're talking about, uh, are those individuals. And, yeah. I, and I think about it as, you, you know, you drop somebody into an environment that is systemically broken. Yeah. They change the environment or they yeah. just kind of maintain. And Matthew Stafford, when he got dropped into that environment in, uh, uh, and in, that's in, the flip in Detroit, side it, right? You know, yeah. it's the flip side of that, right? Yeah. And just never got to a place where it improved enough. Yeah. But Joe Burrow's that different animal. I think Trevor Lawrence is that guy. Yes. I, I do think that, uh, um, and another guy is Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning went into Indianapolis. And he changed right. that environment. He just flat out did. So why do you think it's working now with Matthew in L.A.? I mean, look, I, it's hard to compare. It's apples and oranges, Detroit and, and Los Angeles in terms of where the franchises are. But why do you think it works so well with him and Sean McVay and what they ask him to do? Well, I think it, I think it's the Los Angeles Rams have an incredibly good football team. Well, that's right. They, they're yeah. loaded with talent, <laughs> yeah. right? So if, if you're loaded with talent and you put a very capable quarterback who was first overall number one pick as well and 
uh, who's been very good but just hasn't been able to get to uh, the playoffs or get themselves in, in, in a position to win, then you're going to be in the right spot now. Having mortgaged everything to put themselves in this position, they're right back where they were with Jared Goff in 2018 in that Super Bowl, right? So yep. there's, there's no more pressure on this L.A. Rams team than any team ever in terms of if they don't win a championship, yeah. people are going to look at this season and what they did as a failure. And same goes for Matthew Stafford then, right? Because yep. he is the poster boy for that pressure, um, you know, having come over with the multiple first-round picks and the whole thing. Uh, it is kind of crazy to see the differences in the way that these teams were built. And whereas the, you know, the, the Rams evaluated a quarterback in Jared Goff, who they thought could kind of get him over the hump, didn't, didn't work out that way. The Bengals have evaluated a quarterback in Joe Burrow that has clearly succeeded. When you look at college quarterbacks now, if you're evaluating, based on your experience and based on what you see now in, in both the college and pro levels, what are the characteristics that you want, that you need in order to have that franchise-changing moment for a quarterback? Well, I think leadership qualities, first off, you know, yeah. captain of the football team from an early age, to yeah. the understanding, that means you're changing the culture. That means you are telling guys to come with me. I'm going to take you places. And, and, and the ability to win championships. And the last two guys to be able to really do that over the last few years has been Mac Jones, yeah. you know, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow. And all all of them have been drafted very high, and all of them are leading franchises right now. So we'll see how it all plays out. That's that's the blueprint I want to look at. A guy that's able to lead a bunch of talented individuals, because that's exactly what you're gonna do at the next NFL level. And when you're in that locker room, in Joe Burrow's case, he's changed the environment completely, all the way up to the general manager and how he went about his business this offseason and the guys he went out and got. Trey Hendrickson, yep. what they were able to do with Hilton in the slot there yeah. and his ability to change things, especially in the second half. When they shut down Kansas City in Week 17 and then in this game playing a lot of man inside coverage, yeah. that was huge. That's a risky proposition against those speedy wide receivers, and boy, were they good. And I'm also kind of curious in this age of quarterback trainers, right? They're, you know, Every every quarterback that's going to get drafted is going to be have worked with a quarterback trainer yep. you know, for months and all this what do you feel like in terms of quarterback traits that can really be improved? Like, can accuracy really be improved? Of course. Quarterback? Rep, reps, 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 yeah. reps. It's like anything. You practice something over and over and over and over again, you're going to get better at it. Yeah. I also think that the fact that these quarterbacks are hitching their wagon to guys that are helping them in the offseason when they're yeah. going to be the number one overall pick is an incredible trait. It's a humbling one. Like, you're saying, like, I point. can get better. I'm not the end-all, be-all. You know, yeah. I didn't necessarily throw that much with, with a quarterback coach leading into the NFL draft because I'm like, they came and watched me work out. Yeah, They know what I'm capable of doing. But the only reason I got better over my four years at Washington State is because of Mike Price, my quarterback coach, and my head coach. He made me better, and I didn't, for whatever reason, I stopped thinking about that, right? These, yeah. It's what made Tom Brady so great. Sure. Is that every offseason, even after his second season in the NFL when he won a championship, he went back to his quarterback coach, and they were self-critical of yeah. what he needed to improve on. And I would argue that he was the best possible version of quarterback at a professional level at 44 than he was at any other time in his career. I wouldn't debate that uh, very very much either. And then I, I kind of asked the accuracy question because I feel like Josh Allen has been the poster boy for in, you know improving accuracy once you've gotten to the NFL. Year two to year three was insane. Well, right? I also think this. And system's a part of that too, right? Right. The system at Wyoming for him yeah. was to take deep shots, yep. big plays and stuff like that. If you watch what the what the blueprint looks like in the NFL now, yeah. it, the ball's thrown within the f- within five yards of the line of scrimmage yeah. a ton, 
right? So your, your accuracy is going to have to improve. Your, your completion percentage is going to improve. You know, him being accurate down the field may have not changed that much. Right. But because he's got a completion percentage in the high 60s now, people are like, oh, he's more accurate. Well, he's thrown the ball considerably closer to the line of scrimmage than he did in college, very similar to what I did. We threw the ball down the football field, right? Yeah. We were taking chances. I didn't throw it many times. Like, there were games where I was 13 for 19 for 300 yards, right? right. Nice so, average. Yeah, that's a, great, that's a great thing. And there's a game where, where you're taking shots down the football field. You're not throwing around the line of scrimmage. The game has changed a ton, and completion percentages have skyrocketed because of it. And so then the, the next part of that is is the fit, right? And is the scheme fit for a quarterback? Right. And, like, does Trevor Lawrence have the same success as Mac Jones if Trevor went to New England? Does Mac struggle as much as Trevor did in Jacksonville, given that environment? How much emphasis do you place on that? On oh, it's so huge. It's so yeah. huge. It's a big um, – fortunately, when – some of the greatest quarterbacks in our generations go to teams that are really poor. Yeah. Right? And then they get labeled into uh, that bus conversation whether or not they're capable. I agree totally. If Tom Brady ends up in Cleveland and not in New England, <laughs> we may never have heard of Tom Brady, right? If Trevor Lawrence is, is, is yeah. in pick number one and goes falls and falls to 15 to New England, completely different story. Mac Jones in that chaos and dumpster fire in Jacksonville this year yeah. may have been so have trauma for the rest of his life. Sure. You that's, know? that's the thing. You don't want to be broken. Yeah. Um, and so then the last part of it is like, all right, we saw the success Brian Dayball had as the offensive coordinator in Buffalo with Josh Allen, right? And with that whole crew, you feel like for a guy like Daniel Jones in New York, who the owner has come out and said, we've gone out of our way to screw this kid up. We do feel that Daniel can play. Um, you know, we've done everything possible to to, to screw this kid up uh, since he's been here. We keep, keep changing coaches, keep changing offensive coordinators, keep changing offensive line coaches. You know, I take a lot of responsibility for that. But let's bring in the right group of coaches now and, and give him some continuity and try to rebuild the offensive line and then be able to make a, an intelligent uh, uh, evaluation of, of whether he can be the franchise quarterback or not. You feel like that? bringing Dable's system in and for a quarterback like that can allow him to have like a similar kind of flourishing type moment. Best thing that could have happened for him. Brian Dable is a unbelievable play caller, uh, developer of talent. And to hear an ownership back a quarterback who has struggled like that, that's huge, right? The thing that allows that to happen too is that, that, you know, he hasn't made a bunch of mistakes off the field or anything like that. That's right. He's just went about his business. He hasn't played in particular. He hasn't played particularly well. He's fumbled. He's turned it over a bunch. But when your owner comes out and backs you like that, yeah. and you bring in a new head coach that is, uh, his track history is working with some great quarterbacks right. and developing them well, then yes, it's the best thing that possibly can happen for him. Ryan Leaf, appreciate your time, my friend. Check out the Bus Podcast. Uh, appreciate your work, man. Thanks you very much. Thank you. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. 
T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18, my first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my day. day. And that's going to do it for this episode of NFL Inside Report here from the iHeartRadio podcast stage on Radio Row in Los Angeles now as we get closer to Super Bowl 56. We are back with you later this week right here, uh, same place, following Commissioner Roger Goodell's annual news conference here during Super Bowl week. Judy Batista and Jim Trotter will be with us, kind of breaking all that down and giving us the biggest headlines and some of the notes uh, behind some of those big headlines uh, that uh, inevitably will come out of that news conference. So thanks so much for being with us. Reminder to download, rate, review our show on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your pods. We greatly appreciate it. For our producers, Thomas Horn and Tim Parashka, I'm your host, Fred Lewis. We'll catch you next time. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. Turns out a delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. 
At Mrs. Myers, everything they make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients, their cleaning products smell like a dream and work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. Goodness, there's no better feeling than that. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Visit mrsmyers.com today.